It's the same dynamic. It's the same exact thing. And the problem is uh, that we're dealing with all this little God's doctrine is because in the 1800s and the 1900s, and even before that, but it was not as big as until these last uh, centuries where people started bringing mysticism and they try to recreate the book of Acts and all these things and just not following the word of God. And now you have things like Azusa Street where you got where you have a guy, <clears throat> William Seymour, with a box on his head waiting to hear supposedly from God or something like that. And then you have people as soon as, as, as he hears from God, then he starts moving and people start acting like dogs and barking like, you know, all these things are tied into what we're talking about today, what does God, uh, what attributes can we uh, share with God? What is what does He allow us to? Because I be worried about your soul. Why you still be doubting you got a soul? Like you need to see to believe these things, but you believe things that you've never seen. Like feelings and hopes and dreams, the future emotions and gravity. And sadly, everything you're rejecting makes this whole life a tragedy. And I got something to say, I got something to say, I got something. Welcome to the Milk and Me podcast. I'm Andrew Krimkovich, and this is part two of the Communicable Attributes episode. So if you haven't seen the first one, check that one out first, and this will be the conclusion of it. God bless. There's also like a warning in Matthew chapter 24, and I, th I think it really uh, enforces what we're talking about here. Uh, Matthew ch chapter 24, verse 24. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Like, that just goes to show you, it's like people that are looking for all the, the miraculous stuff. This is almost a war. I mean, if you read the whole chapter, it, it warns. Uh, I mean, it's talking about the end times and then uh, but it is warning a lot about false teaching about misleading people, false prophets, even false Christ. And I mean, what have we been talking about today? People that are claiming to be Jesus or maybe not saying that they're Jesus, but they try to act and perform like Jesus. Like that's I, I look at that and I'm like, that's a blatant warning to not look for those things. And that's not to say <clears throat> Because I think we get lumped into like, oh, you don't believe in the power of God, that God can do a miracle, that you don't believe that that God can heal a sick person. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, you know, if you're sick, pray. And if God heals you, glory to God. But I'm not looking for a miraculous healing. I'm not looking for for fire to come down from heaven or whatever it is that, that people are looking for in, in the miraculous. But, you know, what I am looking for is what God has already said and established and then apply it into my life and, and walk accordingly. And uh, and, and like it, for some people, it seems like that's not enough. Like they have to look for these signs and they have to look for these wonders. Otherwise, they're, well, it's like what we said. Uh, they're doubters looking for proof. Proof. Yeah, which is kind of sad. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's hard to teach false doctrine if you teach the entire Bible. Yeah. Well, Because you'd have to cover it all. That's why verse by verse is sometimes the, f the safest or, or huge section at a time, followed by the consecutive huge section at a time. Like that's the safest route is to teach the entire word of god not just to take some favorite verses and apply your own eisegesis into it see but that's the danger though uh uh when you have or you're part of a movement or a belief you open up yourself to those things and then when you have other generations come in that are either born into it or they have really no they're not shown how to look into it or yeah. even study uh the scriptures they're stuck in it, and that's all that they know. 
So it kind of goes like to the to the the thing where if you have a family that has a tradition that they've been doing for a long time, it's offensive to them if you say, you know what, really that's not right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a tradition that's practiced. Really, that's all that is tradition. tradition. And Jesus had to deal with tradition all the time. I mean, we can go back and forth on that, but you know, that's the reason why you have people looking for signs because they've already it's already a foundation in their heart. They're connected to their emotions. When they read the scriptures, there are some people that uh, read the scriptures and all of a sudden they get emotional about it. But it's not because, and, and I want to say this appropriately, it's not because the Holy Spirit's breaking them. Because I, I do get emotional sometimes when I read the scripture, but I know why as yeah. to the context of it. But some people will look for a certain scripture, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, um, they'll read, uh, what is it, Isaiah... 54, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Then, like you read that scripture, I'm good for the day. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know, it's like this. Jeremiah 29 the, 11. There's, the, there, there's this, you know, this, there's these things that the, the mindset isn't there, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. When we, like you were saying, it's we have to go verse by verse so we can really understand there's nothing mystical to reading the word of God. It's reading the word of God. And if, the, if you are uh, regenerated by the Holy Spirit, you begin to understand. Yeah. And if you are not regenerated by the Holy Spirit, you won't understand. It's like people go back to, well, Jesus spoke in parables. That's why you need a revelation and you need to pray about it. You need to, that's not yeah. how it works. We know why the parables are there because it's yeah. written in black and white. Jesus had the parable. Jesus had the purpose for the parable. And he explains the parable in the very same book. Yeah. And in Isaiah, it says, I will speak to him in parables. Uh, Isaiah? I'll speak to him in parables. Was so it Isaiah also- 18? So Isaiah, he was, he Isaiah was fulfilling. 18? Isaiah 18. Isaiah 18. Where he was fulfilling a prophecy as well. Yeah. Everything Jesus did, you could, you could find, yeah. you could find a prophecy. Yeah. So Jesus was fulfilling, saying, you know, with with parables and with, uh, with par- and, and just uh, a I'll side note, them and they won't understand. Just a side note that doesn't that doesn't mean a prophecy about tongues, in, uh, unbiblical tongues either. So I just thought I put that side note <laughs> there. But we can't emphasize that enough, honestly, because yeah. it's it's rampant. But but that's the thing is that there there's a purpose and place for everything, and I like how you said it. People will say, "Well, you don't believe in miracles and signs." No, I do believe it, but I believe it in its context. Yeah, and I believe it in an honorable way of uh, how to honor God. I'm not going to make God. Uh, I'm not going to twist God's arm. I'm not going to say, "You know what? I have the Holy Spirit, and you need to do." You know, it's like um, what's the parable about the 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 woman that asks the man or the king or the the ruler, and she's insistent, insistent. Jesus is not saying you need to be insistent and I'll give you your miracle. No, he's just saying that this is the example <laughs> yeah. of how we should seek mm-hmm. the Lord, be insistent on seeking the Lord, not our getting our way. And even James says, uh, "You have not because you ask not, uh, but you ask you have not because you don't ask according to the will of God." It's like yeah. when you ask, you ask with wrong motive. Everything that we do is for the glory of God. It's not about us. And so that's I, that's the question that comes to my mind. When you think that you can declare and decree things, what are you really doing it for? It's mm. not for the glory of God. Mm. Because you know that if you fail, are you going to ask forgiveness from everybody? Or are you going to say, well, you didn't have enough faith? Or are you going to say, well, you know what? Uh, you, I just uh, had a, you know, God didn't answer whatever. Yeah. It's always it's always the blame on something else, and so going back to this thing, you know, um, it's like uh, Miles Monroe. Uh, he no longer lives; he passed away uh, in a I think it was a plane accident. But there's this video that he comes with Benny Hinn, and they're like in some like Bahamas or something. And he's telling he's telling Benny Hinn <clears throat> that that uh, God has the authority 
but we give him the license. Yeah. And so when we so when we pray, we uh, we God has the authority, but it's not until we give God the license to do the miracle to do the thing. This is just erroneous. It's heretical. So we're sovereign. Over it's, God, apparently. We're so, Yeah. And and when you don't have an understanding of the sovereignty of God, number one, you won't even you won't even you can't even understand foundational things like salvation. You you can't if you think that you're saved by your own uh, work or your own baptism or your own uh, confession from your lips. That's not how it works. It's it's God moving in your life first to even get you to that point because it's impossible. Now, if you can't even understand the sovereignty of God and its foundation, much less than what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Mm. It's it's so important that we really do understand what does God actually communicate to us. And I think that since we know that we can probably distinguish best uh, the communicable attributes through the Imago Dei, through the image of God, um, and even though that image was distorted but not lost, since we said in Genesis it was... We were created in his image, Genesis 9, still in his image, yeah. even though sinful. Um, I wanted to reference in the New Testament, Ephesians 4, 20 to 24, where it talks about that image being restored. Um, so verse 20 to 24 says, But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. In the likeness of God, in the image of God, in the just like Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, uh, in the word likeness means the similarity or... or yeah, similarity. But our new self... This is the new man. This is Christ covering us. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You put on the new man. You take off. You doff the old self. You don the new man. Like you, you, You're putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, not like some a shirt you put on and then you take it off when you feel it's dirty. You're putting on the Lord Jesus as, as in submitting to who he is and what he says. He's your Lord. He's your master. He's your main identifier of what your life is about. You are now in the army of the Lord. You are now serving him. You are now working under his tutelage, under his authority. He leads you by his spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. Um, but that's, that's the renewing. That's how we get a right walk in the image of God. That's how we walk in correctly in the attributes of, that God has shared with us. Yes. We, we walk obediently in those moral uh, and behavioral attributes when we walk in accordance with the Spirit and the Word of God. Until then, there are some things maybe people could find in the human body and say, oh, this is, you know, this function, this capability, it, it, it points to God and the Creator. It's like, yes, you can see God and His power and work in creation, but what he gave us is a special moral compass, a special moral direction which glorifies him. And that was the part that was distorted at the fall. Mm. No longer do men want to follow God's law and truth. They make up their own views. They stand on their own principles and they all fall short. They all go in their own direction like sheep. They go astray. They get stuck and they can't help themselves up. I mean, when we read about how or look into how helpless sheep are, it's crazy. Sheep can end up on their back and literally stay there dying because they can't roll over. Wow. Sheep are the only creatures. I don't know how they made it this far. <laughs> sheep are the only creatures that are completely <laughs> helpless in every way. Like they are as helpless in, the, uh, in, in their entire life from life, birth to death as infants are. 
Mm. Like they are that helpless. Wow. All they can do is cry. All they can do is ask for help and they get themselves stuck. It's like they are so helpless and we are called the sheep. We're not called like these strong apes with capabilities. We just need better directions. We're not called people that can do a little but not everything. We're literally called sheep. Like we're, we're, we're completely in need of a leader, someone that knows what they're doing and knows how to defend and protect us. We have no ability to protect ourselves from spiritual warfare, from our own sinfulness. Mm-hmm. We really do need Christ. We really do need his word. And that's where we really got to fight our own pride Yeah. to to. Because we always get, I think especially as, as men, I, I think it affects us more. It's like this idea of where I got to do this. Like I got to prove myself to me or to whoever <clears throat> to come and humble ourselves and bring ourselves down to the point where we understand that we are helpless without God. Yeah. Like we can't do anything that God is calling us to do if it weren't if God isn't the one enabling us and, and pushing us and moving yeah. us and doing yeah. it through us like that 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 takes some humbling and that takes some realization about our pride because again pride I, I think you were saying earlier like there are people that you could just see their pride they're on their high horse they're on their pedestal yeah. uh, but even some people that that you look at them they're humble like there's even pride in that you know because yeah. pride is such a sneaky sin it's such a sneaky thing where, you know, people are prideful about how humble they are, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, if it ever takes us a moment to confess sin that we already know we've committed, that's just pride. Yeah. We don't have to, like, be walking around yeah. talking smack about people in our minds. Just find out how quickly did you confess mm-hmm. yep. what you knew was wrong. My wife shows me that I'm wrong, and it takes me a little while sometimes to yeah. admit it. And it's not because I'm going into it saying I'm I know I'm wrong. It's like, I'm just stuck. And I'm like, no, there's no way I was wrong. There's no way. And I just convince myself. I give all the evidence. And then my wife gives her part. So I feel like, you know, the first person that speaks seems good until someone comes and responds, like mm-hmm. in Proverbs. Like, yeah. I, I felt right. Then she gives her stance. I'm just like, yep, I'm wrong. Okay, time to bring the kids in. I got to apologize. Like, I I, <laughs> I need that 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 chastisement. Yeah, I need that. and I'm, And I benefit from it. So if we see that um, we're not all right until Christ comes in and regenerates us and heals us, just like in Colossians 3, 9 to 10, says, Do not lie to one another. talks about behavior among the brethren. Since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So we're being renewed into the correct walk, the correct image. So if you if we're wondering, like, what does God share with us? Well, he shares... With us, our human capabilities, you got knowledge, wisdom, you got things like that. We can describe that in the simplest ways, but it's, hey, you know, God is wise. We have the ability to be wise if we follow the right paths. Uh, God is creative. We can see our own creativity. But ultimately, the thing that we should be striving for is not to just applaud the things that are already there, even mm-hmm. in sinful people. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to walk around applauding sinful people saying, look how wonderful you are. Stay that way. I want to call people to repentance yeah. saying, do you love God yet? Are you still blaspheming? Do you practice sexual immorality? Do you lie? Then come to Christ because you're living in, an, in a, in a God-dishonoring way and you are capable of judgment yeah. at any moment. So come to Christ. These are the regenerating truths of God's word. He, he does these things. He makes us no longer liars. He makes us no longer uh, evil people in our yeah. practices in unabated sinfulness. Like he literally changes us. And now we start looking like the king. We start resembling him in so many ways. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because yeah. uh, if you go back to Colossians uh, chapter 3 from the beginning, it says, Therefore, 
If you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. And then here's the one here. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So going back to verse 3, we are hidden in Christ. I mean, that, if that's not clear enough to, to show it's not about us, we're not little gods, we're not, I mean, I, I don't really know what is. I mean, we can, you can also apply this to the, uh, so we're talking about the communicable, right? And yeah. before you're talking about the incommunicable, we can use that the same thing for both pieces when it comes to holiness. God says, be holy for I am holy. Yeah. But it's impossible for us to be holy. So what does God mean? Mm. So because we are in Christ, we're hidden in Christ. Now we can walk in sanctification. Now we That's can good. walk in holiness. It doesn't come from us. So so you know we can we can use the holiness as that it's something that is impossible for us, but at the same time it is communicable yeah. in the right context. And uh, several times in the Old Testament, God says, I am the Lord who makes you holy. Yeah. So he's the one that sanctifies and sets us apart. Exactly. He chose Israel, set it apart. He chose Israel and described it to Abraham before Isaac was even born, mm-hmm. which from him would come that lineage. Uh, it's like, who who makes things happen? Yeah. Like, God. Well, yeah. the, the <laughs> who reason, does this stuff? See, the reason why, that that's even another factor in, what does God allow us to to? What does He share with us? And the only reason why we're able to be holy, once again, I go back to the beginning. He's the one that makes us holy. That was <laughs> He makes us holy. Um, once we are hidden in, you know, and, and the reason why I say this is because we're talking about uh, we're sharing. I'm not going to make myself holy by something that I do. Yeah, which a lot of people do today. Well, if you, did you pray how many hours? Did you read how many chapters? Do you dress this way? Do you do this thing? Do you do so? It's like all these things we try to misinterpret the holiness of God and make it into these little rules and regulations. That if God it did not even if God's not making you holy, it doesn't matter if you have the longest shirt on or if you if you're a woman and you have the longest yeah. dress on your and you can't even see your own face. You can see your eyes. That's not that doesn't make you holy. That does God's not giving you the authority to make yourself holy. It comes from Christ. Socially, yeah. you'll definitely be holy. You'll be set apart. Yeah. Socially, uh, what is it? Right. Uh, secularly and socially, yeah. you will definitely be to holy. The eye, you have the person. Yeah. Uh, because you will be totally set apart if you dress so intentionally different from those around you. But then again, that doesn't. What's the What's the back piece of that? It's your pride. That's, yeah. It's prideful because now, so so now whatever you think was you're setting yourself apart because you're a peculiar nation or whatever you know people like to use context uh, out of context biblical scriptures to to make yourself look different, you know it, it's all it's it's all wrong because the mindset isn't Christ. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you put it in place, and I do this because of Christ. No, don't get me wrong. There's people that are very honest, and they do it because they want to honor Christ. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the majority of the people will do things on their own, by their own will, by their own authority, if they think they have authority, but by their own, you know, they try to put something together to say, this is what holiness, I'm yeah. holy. You know, when God doesn't, he doesn't share his uh, he doesn't let you sanctify yourself. It's through him alone. Yeah. Uh, just like, well, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, uh, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 
seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. That is not the first time that it talks about the deceitfulness of lust and riches and 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 the sinfulness of of lust and desires like it's always saying that lust desire desire self-desire self-will desire sinful unbiblical anti-god just self-seeking desire is like the it's like the it's in everything that leads to sin just wanting something coveting that's why paul didn't even know how much of a sinner he was until commandment 10 like he didn't evaluate that well enough he mm-hmm. said i didn't even know what it was until i saw not to covet and I want, I want to look good. I want to look appreciative. I want to look care, uh, uh, carefully biblical. I want people to praise me for my authority. Like Paul knew the commands and yet he never evaluated command number 10. You shall not covet. You shall not desire uh, outside of what God has already given you. You should not have an unhealthy panting after things. Mm-hmm. Like desire God. So when we... We see what is the what is this what what is what is it to walk in Christ? What does it mean to even have uh, some sort of connection and unity to God through the Holy Spirit? It, it's not that we actually become divine, and even this reference says when we become partakers of the divine nature, it's not saying that we are divine, right. but it says that through the knowledge of God, He's granted us everything that we need that connects or pertains or has anything to do with life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Like through the knowledge of God. That's why everything keeps saying, get to know God, read his word, yeah. grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is how you will be able to do what Second Peter says as well. And uh, later on it says, you know, uh, where is it? Um, it's verses 5 to 11, I think. Second Peter, verse 5 to 11. Now for this very reason also... Applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities, or these Christian graces, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. That's the strive of a Christian life. Not a single miracle, not a single showy thing was Mm -hmm. ever demonstrated there. These are the Christian graces. What should we be aiming for as Christians? aim to practice and grow in the qualities of, of of brotherly love of mercy of knowledge I, I didn't describe mercy but uh, kindness godliness perseverance like all of this like just goes down this incredible uh, linear kind of way that if you start with knowledge um, if you start with with moral excellence and you work your way through all of those it seems like they all really do add one to the other like all of that and and people are seeking some wild fantastical things yeah. and and if they don't see it they deny their own christianity when they might actually have it and now they're just 
plus boggled down with yeah. wrong expectations. Yeah. But they don't look for this. They don't grow in this. And then they walk around with this showy uh, religiosity that does nothing for anyone, but so just makes external. everyone feel condemned around them. Like, I, I, I hate the pride that we walked in when we would walk around and declare that someone isn't saved because of what they're wearing. Yeah. Like, what on earth were we doing? Like, every single smile was a big sham. Like, yeah. we were just criticizing and judging them to hell all the time. We might not even know. Like, what if they are saved? What if they just have that sort of a time? Now, I'm not saying if someone has a shirt and, and it has a blasphemous word saying, I don't care about Jesus. It doesn't seem like they have any reverence for God. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be able probably to assume like, hey, by those obvious works, it doesn't look like you care about God. It, it seems more likely you probably don't recognize him at all as Savior. Well, that, that's that's the whole point of uh, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And when Jesus gives them, where Jesus, it seems like Jesus is giving the apostles the the ability to forgive sins. It's not that they, they, don't, they don't share in that attribute with God where he can only he can forgive sins, but we're able to gather together and judge in righteousness, whether or not someone is saved by their works, because someone who loves God is going to produce good fruit. Someone who doesn't love God doesn't matter how many times you cry, Lord, Lord, you're going to be able to judge by their fruit, whether or not they're saved. And and that's the whole point of, again, church discipline where two or three are gathered that whole that whole shebang, it's not, you know, and we, we've heard it over and over again, where two or three are gathered at Manos, and, you know, the Lord is here, and I'm like, well, and I always had that question, well, what if it's just me? Yeah. Is, is the Lord not, not present? Nope, like, you're all what alone. If, well, what if it was Adam before Eve? <laughs> right. Who you spoke know, to Adam? You know, the serpent. <laughs> 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 but but we have to, we have to understand that all of that, all of what you just read, it's all by the spirit. It's not, and that's why people don't practice it because it's a me thing. It's an I was chosen by the Lord. It's me, the prophet of God, me, the man of God. It's all a self-centered thing. It's it's no praise to God, no glory to God. It's all by the spirit. Second uh, Thessalonians two, thirteen, says, uh, but we should. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and faith in the truth. This is all by the spirit, salvation, sanctification, faith itself. Uh, you're responding to the gospel call. It's all by the spirit. It has nothing to do with what I choose. Jesus himself said it. You don't. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Yeah, and that's the whole point in being hidden in Christ, because it is His, it is His holiness, it is His righteousness that that wraps around us. Galatians two twenty um, says, if I'm not on the correct page, Galatians Galatians two twenty, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. All of this is Christ. My entire life is Christ. It is him living my life. It is my flesh sinning and being stupid. 
it is Christ who sanctifies me. Because it, I'm being sanctified in Christ every day of my life because it is now Him who live in who lives in me. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm, I haven't reached that point of perfection because we haven't been glorified yet. But it is Christ who lives in me, and that's why we're stupid, and that's why we make mistakes and we sin and whatnot. But <laughs> thanks to God Almighty who forgives yeah. uh, faithfully. Mm-hmm. It's not by any works of our of our own we didn't read enough chapters to get that forgiveness or to get that grace it's it's not like that uh the pirates of the caribbean uh where it's those two loopy pirates i can't remember their name <sighs> hilarious characters but the one the one guy has the bible and the other guy's like you're not you're not uh you don't even know how to read and the guy's like it's the bible you get points for trying <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work that way you know know what's funny it's like uh there are there are so many little things that um you'll see in movies and tv shows that are teaching in essence and that's why like i I like i like superhero stuff and i'll watch some uh some a series or an episode i watch supergirl like they you know the last uh the last season they just put everything they could in there they put Black Lives Matter. They put uh, homosexuality. They put transgenderism. Mm-hmm. Um, they put uh, witchcraft. They they just flooded that last season with everything in a welcoming way. Like, and there's this need to fight for it, and there's this need to protect it, and there's a need to support it, and everybody has to vouch for it, or else they get yelled at. So there were so many dramatic things that were going on between characters because one didn't support something or didn't protect it as they could have. It's teaching things. So it's like. When, when, when my daughter would be there watching, I, I'd, I'd pause a lot and I, I pause and I'm explaining like, this is what this is teaching. This is what the world will go with. And the world is going to go in that direction. You can't stop them. But, but understand that this is literally opposed to what God is teaching here and there. And the need to pause and think is so, so alive and well in entertainment as well. Because if someone goes into a turning on a TV show and just says, this is safe, I'm relaxing, I'll embrace it, and they don't have like a, a discerning mind state, they're going to take in everything that the world is giving them. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to see it. And it's bad. Mm-hmm. And that's why for me, entertainment is not entertainment. It's like, <laughs> I don't even know why I even watch some of this stuff. I just feel like I want to see how this all terribly unfolds. So <laughs> well, I can, it's like, like, it's like when you it have later. people that are hyper-spiritual. And they try to take out something biblical from whatever kind of movie. It's like, read, yeah. it's like you can watch like Captain America. It's like, oh, I feel like that's Jesus when he comes in or something. Yeah. Like, I it, can do this all like, day. Oh, it's Christ fighting for us all yeah, day. It's like, or, or Star Wars. It's Christianity. Yeah. Like, or it's, it's Hinduism. Like, yeah, it's, it's like not. The, the force. The force is the not force the Holy that lives in all of us. That's Unfortunately, not... though, even though the people that don't understand the Trinity don't understand the Holy Spirit, they will call him a force. Yeah. You know, so those, those misinterpretations. But it's the force you wield, which is basically yeah. charismatic, yeah. hyper charismatic teaching. Yeah, and, and, wield the Holy and instead of God bless you, may the force be with you. you yes, it's like, you know, really, it's like, there's these there's these things there that people don't understand um and and when they don't have that discerning that discernment uh which obviously we know that it's only from christ it's in the spirit of god that we get the discernment but you know it, it's the same thing like at my house too i'm like i always have to think about it i hear a song i'm like wait a minute play that again like i don't want you to listen to that or yeah and that's the same thing when we go to the house of god and we hear the word it's funny how people will make uh, a big deal um, about a sermon. They said this thing, and you know what? That wasn't right, what he said in the sermon. But about a song, nobody says anything. Mm. It's, a, it's the same type of mindset 
uh, of how people just overlook this little gods thing because there's some type of mysticism it makes me feel good it makes it's like there's, one, t- one time reinforcement one, to it. one time i watched uh i literally watched a a video of a, a hindu i don't know if you call it a service or whatever you call it yeah and they're they're all sitting in rows and you have people like moving around like just weird yeah um and then you have like this guy on this type of uh organ slash accordion and he's just playing music louder and louder and louder and you have a guy going around uh hitting them with like leaves or putting his hands over them laying hands on them and when i saw that i was hand like hand on forehead exact hand same on way. the exact wow. same way and as soon as he touches somebody they start freaking out they start moving i'm like where have i seen this before or they fall out perfectly. or they fall out or wow. it's 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 like it's the same dynamic it's the same exact thing and the problem is that we're dealing with all this little God's doctrine is because in the 1800s and the 1900s, and even before that, but it was not as big as until these last uh, centuries where people started bringing mysticism and they try to recreate the book of Acts and all these things and just not following the word of God. And now you have things like Azusa Street where you got, where you have a guy, William Seymour with a box on his head waiting to hear supposedly from God or something like that. And then you have people as soon as, as, as he hears from God, then he starts moving and people start acting like dogs and barking like, you know, all these things are tied into what we're talking about today, what does God, uh, what attributes can we uh, share with God? What is yeah. what does He allow us to? And at the end of the day, what we think that we share with God is is really not on the list. Yeah, it's all about His attributes. Like for example, <clears throat> God has given us authority as children of God, like you were saying, to be called sons of God. It's not authority um, where we in, wield it, where we wield it, or in a Adam type where. I'm not going to go and name animals again or, you know, do, yeah. I, we don't have that. That's not the authority that we receive again when we are in Christ. The only authority is now I am a child of God and I walk in the will of God, which before I couldn't walk in the will of God. I couldn't seek the Father. I couldn't uh, read the Word. I couldn't understand the things that I understand. I have been renewed uh, from me being dead. I was... I was and I'm not talking about the show, okay? I'm not the Walking Dead, you know. I'm not the Walking Dead anymore. I'm not. I'm not uh, just some person. I have understanding. I have life. I've, I have been made new, and that is what I I have in the Lord now. You yeah. know, you you are able to confidently say, "I am a child of God." Yeah, yeah. Like not not that we wield some kind of power over demonic beings and to cast them out and this yeah. and that. It's no like like when uh. I I have this guy on Facebook, um, and he he decided that he's gonna start having uh, live services from his room. Um, so he 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 has these lives, and he uh, he uh, plays music and he sings. And recently, he started getting into preaching. And then he made a post today about uh, Acts uh, Acts one, where we're gonna where was Acts one? Uh, That's the ascension. Where uh, you you will receive power from on high, and your sons will see visions, and this and that, right? Is that Acts one? Your sons will see visions. Your uh, daughters will Acts, dream. That's Acts two. That's, that's after Acts the. Two. That's okay. after. But so, the 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 piece that you're talking about is probably Acts one eight. You will receive power when the Holy okay. Spirit has fallen. So I think. Him. So then he probably. But Acts two is when, when he probably put when two they verses said they together. Were, yeah, when they said they were drunk and. About Joel. Peter explained this mm-hmm. is the prophecy. So he so he so then that means that he put two verses apart from each other and you put them together 
And he's like, you know, and he put little fire emojis. And then somebody um, who we know commented on there, amen, brother, such a powerful verse. And uh, I'm going to be praying that God uses you mightily. And, and then uh, the other guy comments and says, yeah, I want to be able to declare freedom and pastor and this and that and, and have the authority and whatnot. And I, I didn't comment because I, I wanted to comment, but I'm like, no, no, relax, dude. Um, <laughs> he had a sound mind from the whole I had a sound mind. So control. Self control. For <laughs> once, I didn't. I didn't try to debate somebody. But to me, it's like we we have this. We had. We had. Others still have that mindset where we just want to go out there and and you know it was you and I we would always have that conversation it was like oh we want to, we just want to call fire from heaven yeah. and and you know because big, people big would spectacular yeah things. people would prophesy over us and, and to me it's like why why would we want to call fire from it like why would we want the Holy Spirit to well, bring fire upon us you actually reminded me of something uh, you know when the whole um, situation happened in Milwaukee. Right, it was Milwaukee with the whole um, when the Black Lives Matter movement got really strong because of George Floyd. Was that Milwaukee? Uh, Minnesota or, or, or Minnesota? I'm sorry, Minnesota. Um, there was this preacher, and it, I, maybe you can tie it in. There was this preacher um, from a Oneness movement. He goes oh, okay. all the way out there just to pray, just to pray, and he just supports them as if I'm there's like, no need to repent. I'm like, there's just that's it. It just prays. Yeah. I'm like, I think about it. What's that gonna do? That was the perfect opportunity to preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. But when you don't understand what the gospel is, if you think the gospel is Acts 2, that's not the gospel. I mean, as far as Acts 2 being what happened on the day of Pentecost, that's not the gospel. But Peter preaches the gospel about Jesus Christ to them, and that's when they're broken in their heart. You know, it's like, if I go and I... I mean, I can I can go like uh, <laughs> some years ago when the Red Lobster used to be on Fourth Avenue. Mm -hmm. Remember, you would have these people with the signs. You're all going to hell. Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not the gospel. I mean, preaching the gospel is preaching Jesus, his his resurrection. I mean, his crucifixion, resurrection, ascension. I mean, all his ministry. That's the gospel. And even Paul makes it clear for us. But it's the same thing. Like you're saying, we're trying to look for for some type of. Uh, recreation of something, and therefore people have the wrong thought process about who we are in Christ. We have the authority of being called children of God. I think all the Marvel movies just make everyone want to be a superhero. So uh, probably. somebody teaches you that you can have fire flowing down because you prayed and fasted enough, they just jump on that. Well, even even like people will use out of context, um, like when Elijah calls mm -hmm. fire from heaven, yeah. I think we're all culpable of it as well. Yeah. But like, you know, let me give us an example. I'm going to be very careful with this. Um, you know how sometimes uh, there are events that uh, we would probably be a part of and people would try to recreate specific things in those events? Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether it, be, uh, whether it be people going to a cross, um, whether it be people uh, having a biblical recreation so that way they have this type of like breakdown or, you know, um, where you, where you see a Jesus film and then, you know, I you, see what you mean. You know, you know, you know, you know what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. Where people bring it across and then, you know, they try to recreate it. So there was even a point that a I retreat? heard. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So there, there would, there would, there was even a point where I found out later that there was other retreats going on where people were trying to reenact the fire coming down from heaven for, from Elijah. 
How are they doing that? They were using a bunch of effects. They had people outside, like, I guess, walking in circles or whatever. And they would use machines, stuff like that, to to make it seem like fire was coming down from heaven. As soon as the fire fall, people would start getting in, like, frenzy. frenzy. You know, it's like, wow. th- that's the level. I mean, and I can go even further where there's even other vid- videos of, like, uh, the Bethel Church where, and you've seen that in Strange Fire. Fire tunnels. Where they try to do fire tunnels. But they also use the AC unit yeah. and put the gold gold, gold dust. dust in there so that we can shine. Uh, there's a preacher by the name of uh, Maldonado from Miami. He did the same thing as well. He had, uh, um, what is the gentleman that does uh, Clouds Without Water? Uh, Justin Peters. Okay. Justin Peters, he had um, somebody that used to, he had somebody on his uh, podcast or whatever it was that went to that church. He was part of that ministry group. And Maldonado told him, you know what? Get this gold dust and go to the AC unit and put it in. Yeah. You know, and so I'm like, the people, they're they're hungry. For, they're hungry for everything else except the word of God. And that just goes back to what Paul reiterates. There is no one good. No one looks for the things of God. They're just looking for signs. They even told Jesus, after Jesus had done already so many things in front of them. Show us a sign. Can you show us a sign? <laughs> Do you know what, guys? This is the only sign you have, the sign of, of Jonah. Yeah. yeah. And, and obviously, they didn't even get that. But mm-hmm. it's like, how we have the Word of God, if we say that we are children of God because we have that, is the, is the Word of God enough for you? Mm-hmm. Is, is it enough for you? Because... That's, that's what it comes down to. We have the explanation as much as we have, as much as God gave uh, the men of God to, to write through the Holy Spirit. These letters, these gospels, these accounts, this is what we have. And, it's, and, and the scriptures clearly teach us what attributes we have and we don't have. The, the, the scripture is very clear on what attributes we can share with God and what we don't. And the majority of them, we don't. Yeah. And that's, that's the truth. We are sheep. We are, <laughs> we are stinky. We are, we're nothing. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 fall and we can't even get up. We 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 know every single moment. And when man, because in itself repentance is a gift. It's a gift from God. God grants it. God grants it. So yeah. you can't even that should just blow our minds. Yeah. That the fact that this morning, and I agree with you, like you say, you get up in the morning, you pray, you say, how can I be? God, how did, why did you save me? The, the fact that we can repent of our sins every single day should be enough proof that something has changed in our lives where we can truly repent and say, you know what? The scripture is enough. It just simply says the washing of the word. Yeah. You know, reading the word of God, we are transformed, we are changed. But all of us coming from that background of having to feel something, having to conjure up something, having to jump, having to do this, when you come to that point and say, you know what, this is tiring. Is this really what God is about? And if God grants you that, if you're if you're looking at this podcast, start searching the scriptures yeah. and start taking that step of faith. And and if I could be just blunt with you, get out of that place because uh, if this is not a, a direct attack on where you're going or where you're no. It's about if you're hearing the word of God, if you're seeing things that you hadn't seen before, I believe it's God that's opening your eyes. Yeah, it's it's the I don't see how if you take all of scripture, I said it earlier and I just kept thinking about it as you were saying, it's like I don't see how someone can take all of scripture and remain in a place that only teaches from 
several, maybe a handful of sections over and over again with the exact same theme. Like, you're just going to get hungry for more eventually. Yeah. And I, I was hungry for more. That's why I, I was studying. That's why I was looking up sermons. And that's why uh, when, when you and your brother sent me to MacArthur <laughs> for two different reasons, um, I ended up checking out the Strange Fire Conference and I realized like, oh, no. <laughs> I think that's when I had I, my Ono moment. Too, I, 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 came, mm. I came out of uh, Kundalini, Reiki energy, yoga, Hinduistic, mixing it with Judaism and Christianity perspective of spirituality, where I was trying to open my third eye through meditation. I was practicing chakra, healing and meditation, yoga. I was actually practicing this, like legit. My parents were there when I was literally putting my hands on people. They would feel heat and they would feel better and they would want me to come back. Like I was actually manipulating whatever this was. And I thought I've achieved, I've arrived, I, I've become or I've reached godhood in, in essence. And coming from that to hearing the gospel and having God wreck my life and, and show me who he is and come bring me to a place of faith where I was able to confess and then finding out that I got stuck in some, some wrong teaching anyway, where, where the expectation was, again, self-glorification, even though it, it, it's never said that way. They never, no one ever says, like, hey, this is for your, uh, your own pride. You're so, you're, you're, but in reality, there are so many sermons where it's like, it's about you. You're, you're, you got power. You got, you got the keys. You got the capability. This idea of walking into a room and needing for the atmosphere to change because you walked in and then having people testify, like pastors and stuff, testify at their pulpit saying, when I walked in, everyone noticed that the Holy Spirit was there because I was there. You proud man. Why? Why would you do that to your congregation and yeah. teach them pride? Why would you think you're the special one? God can use a mule. Jesus said stones could be used. God can use someone that's cursing Jesus and making fun of Paul's imprisonment. And Paul says, as long as Christ is being preached, I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. Why? Because people can hear that gospel message that's being spoken through people that don't want to speak it, just making fun of all, there's this guy's in jail because he believed in some guy that died and then resurrected. That sarcasm could bring <laughs> people to saving yeah. faith. Crazy. God does not need you to feel all pumped up. Pride comes before destruction, yeah, yeah. but it's a humble spirit that God favors. And to, to have that humility and recognize I'm worthless, usually that's when you'll see uh, a, a lot of breakthroughs. Like you'll recognize a lot of the things that you're doing wrong or yeah. you're sinning yeah. in. When you realize like, uh, I'm, I'm nothing, God, I absolutely do need you. Yeah. Uh, that's when people start reading scripture and realizing like, whoa, um, I, I, I never understood this about God's word before because they're coming to the word saying, I need to be taught. I don't already know this. Yeah. I've read it 50 times. I, I need to be taught. Teach me. Well, that's, that's what Hebrews 4 says. Uh, Hebrews 4, 2. Uh, For indeed we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith. And those who heard it, the gospel message wasn't united by faith to those who heard it. And mm. and that that's where we land a lot of times in, in these heretical movements where the scripture isn't enough for them. Yeah. The scripture isn't like like you said, is scripture enough for you? And we have to come to that conclusion. Is it because at some point we were all drawn by the attention, we were all drawn by all the, you know, hocus pocus of it all. And but when we actually started searching the scriptures for what they were, and we realized, like, whoa, 
yeah we are wrong that's not what the christian life is it, yeah. at all i mean and that but and that but that's what the scripture does in verse 12 it says for the same example i'm sorry for the word of god is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart like this is what the scripture does to us and every time i come to read it now at least it's like i'm reading it over for the first time yeah. it's like i never understood anything of the scriptures it's like every time i read it i'm like like it really just cuts me to the core it's like man who am i yeah who am i but I'm I'm not I'm, a roach is greater than I I don't know but it's like who am I like the scriptures literally give me life in the sense where it was like where would I be without them no like these are the things that the scriptures so, somebody said it once the scriptures is what Abraham wishes he had and mm -hmm. he spoke to God <laughs> like mm -hmm. but imagine if he That's had good. but imagine if he had this like yeah yeah it's uh I mean it <clears throat> if you go back to like because you know you were asking and, and we're all saying like is the scriptures enough for them it's you go back to to genesis you know it seems like if the garden was not enough for adam and eve so that they had to go and eat of the forbidden fruit and they were convinced by the lie of the devil it's like it's the same thing that we see today it's like the the lie continues saying that you will be like God in this way, in that way. Uh, and it's the same thing that, that Adam and Eve heard. And then they ate of the fruit because apparently the garden wasn't enough for them. Mm -hmm. Apparently the word of God isn't sufficient enough mm -hmm. uh, for these people that, that believe and, and want to manifest their own power because they believe they can be yeah, like Eve, God. Eve, Eve was deceived and, and Adam wanted to please her. And that's like what we do now. We want to please God with our works so much so that so that it could save us. Mm -hmm. And realizing that it's it's never going to realizing that it's never going to is going to crush us. Mm. And that's the whole point of it. Is that it's because of Christ, his redemptive work, the work of God the Father on the cross, the work of God the Son on the cross, the work of God the Holy Spirit on the cross, it's all God. It's mm -hmm. none nothing of us and that's the problem we've had since the beginning mm -hmm. adam wanted to please eve by taking part of the fruit say like, hey yeah you know hey don't worry about it girl i'll take a bite too you're you're all right you <laughs> i don't know? know if he had that like, accent i think that's exactly how it was <laughs> he was like what's up girl Come on. It, was, it was his rib <laughs> let me get it let, let me get a manzanita real quick <laughs> i don't think that language well, existed either. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, paul washer said one time they invited him to i think it was a youth event and uh he told he told the um the pastor, I believe it was a pastor that's there, he said, you know what, I'm going to preach the gospel. He's like, well, didn't we tell you? Everybody knows the gospel here. Mm. And that's the thing is like... People, they said it wasn't evangel an evangelist. Yeah, evangelist service. It's like every single service you have, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be in the same... It's not going to be the same thing that you're preaching the same way, but, but you are... There has to be the aspect of touching the gospel every single service yeah. whether it's recognizing um who we are and what we used to be but it's always around christ it's christ-centered it, you're not gonna okay let's go to john three sixteen again for the 15th sunday you know it's it's not it's not that's not what i mean is that nobody wants the gospel because they don't understand what the gospel is and if they understood what the gospel was it would be they would way more 
wanting that uh, than than an experience because their hearts would be filled with the gospel Amen. as opposed to some type of uh, conjuring up. You know, where once again I go back to the example of that long time ago when <laughs> when Andrew asked his wife, "What was it preaching about?" You know, and that was the whole mindset that we had. Is you know, we even think about. Uh, like I found, um, I found an old, you know, how Facebook takes you back years and years. Mm-hmm. Like I found this old thing. Uh, it was a comment uh, saying, thank you, Lord, for, for how you moved today. You know, mm-hmm. I, and I think about it now, I'm like, how you moved today? I'm like, wow, that, that, that was our mindset of, it's not about what we heard from the word of God. And, and, and to, to the practice uh, from where we come out of, Hearing the word of God is not getting into the Bible. Mm-hmm. Hearing the word of God is because somebody stood up and said, "Well, God told me." Yeah, you know, that says the spirit. That that's that's the mindset that we used to have, but it's no. It's like if you're, it's like really you go to a you go to to that type of church, and the scriptures aren't enough, and if the scriptures are used, they're out of context. So that way it could fit the very same thing. So by the time you can have some type of confirmation of what happens in the altar, and then you could say, "Oh, well, see, it, it was con- the word was confirmed." That's not how it works. I it's mean, just it's, a, it's just a bunch of punchlines. If it, you think it, about it. If that, that's why I go back to what I used earlier. You have that special punchline of where everybody's going to get excited and everybody's going to start jumping and the music's going to come in. You're going to have a praise break and you're going to have this going on. You're going to have it's all. Uh, emotion it's trying to to put something together and the sad thing is there's so many people that are very genuine that's all that they know and then you have people that they do know to go to the scriptures and yet they don't for the sake of traditions for the sake of this is how i was taught and so and so has taught me and so and so and so and so and this is what we do all and this is what we're going to do forever because you know and this happens in many movements and and many organizations and not just one where we come out of but it, it happens in a lot of areas where you cannot find expository preaching of the word of god even if you know what even if it's not deep expository but just the simple fact that you can have a preacher go to the word go to the verse explain what the verse means how do we apply it to our lives and understand it in its context it's not you know oh well you know the jesus told the fig tree to die so the other day, you know, I saw a snake and I told it to die because it was going to bite me, you know. And then, or, was, then a few years later, I saw a dead snake and I know it was the same snake. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop, stop looking you know? for... It's like, and here's a maraca that I made out of his tail. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's like, you know, I'm like, it, it's so, I yes, serving the Lord is experiential. It is. Because we know that our God is a living God. He's not a dead God. But it's not experiential in the way that we create an atmosphere. We don't create an atmosphere. We just worship God, and God, uh, in His mercy, He touches our hearts. He touches our minds. We're humans. We have emotions. I mean, I, I go to church services. God touches my heart. I cry. I mean, that's that's God is breaking me and in, in my soul for something that He's speaking to me about. But it's, I don't have to conjure it up. I don't have to clap super fast. I don't have to run. I don't have to, you know. And and people will get offended when you tell them these things because. It's tradition that is so strong uh, because they're, you don't want to offend somebody or you're afraid of the person that's in charge or whatever the case is. So then we get all this misinterpretation of who we are and what we share with God. And who God is. You'll see sometimes celebrities, if they don't like the applause they get before they come out on stage, they'll cancel the whole show. Yeah. First off, I think that's the rudest thing wow. you can do. That just shows human pride. Like yeah. You can actually make, like what, a million bucks on a show and just cancel 
You, know, you see people like throwing the mic at someone through a bottle, a water bottle at them and saying, that's it, I'm done, and find out the entire show is going like, These people pay like 200 bucks for their tickets. That's, that's the best the world can do. Just be full of pride and self-entitlement. It's like we consider God to be that. Like, hey, if you don't, you know, uh, sing louder or, or else the spirit won't come. It's like, I'm yeah. sorry, but I don't think you're letting anything out of a cage. Like, like God is here. That's why, that's why you'll see in faithful preaching, you'll see the, the expectation is saying, if the word of God was faithfully preached, God was there yeah. because he's there with the administration of his word. It's not always going to be this, 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 uh, this thing that, that makes your whole body erupt in feeling and emotion. It's, it's, it's also intellectual. It's also uh, heart pulsating. Sometimes the, the thoughts will kind of ruminate until later on in the evening or maybe the next morning, maybe two sermons later if it's in order. You're, you're growing your understanding of what Luke 5 means because mm-hmm. you're studying all of Luke 5. Yeah. Like you're studying it all. You're continuing what what people are expecting is that they amp up themselves so that God would come and bless them. And it's like, what is God to you? Just like you said, like, what is God? Is is he just the cherry on top of your cake? Like, is, is he someone that just comes and gives you the thumbs up to what you're already doing? Or is he the God that sanctifies your heart? Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 1 to 7 says this, Finally then, brethren, we were cry- we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like mm-hmm. the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all these things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. Where do we get from that Mm -hmm. the idea that we need to have a hyper-emotional experience to confirm that God is working on our hearts? God is working on our hearts by sanctifying our moral character because we are now spiritually alive since before we were dead in sin and trespasses and did not know God and walked according to the lusts of this world and the lusts of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. We were slaves of sin and we were held captive by the devil to do his will until Christ came, gave us a regenerating spirit. No one can come unto me unless the Father who sent me draws them and I will raise them up on the last day. This is Jesus' promise to rescue, sanctify, and glorify. He does this by his incredible atoning, propitiatory work on the cross through the death and resurrection. And we believe as simply and as easily as the Israelites looked up at that bronze snake. Because Jesus said before John 3.16, in John 3, not, uh, John 3.14 and 15, he says, in the same way, in this same way he's referencing that, that the serpent was lifted mm-hmm. up, so also the man, uh, the son of man, or yeah, the son of man, man will be lifted, lifted up. up. Whosoever believes, like with what belief did they did they have to perform a ritual? Did they have to jump up and down? No, they looked and beheld the the serpent on the stick. In the same way, look and behold the Lord Jesus Christ hung on a cross for sin that he never committed. Yeah. Believe, and God will perform this incredible work. 
and leading you to believe because he's the one that draws people to yeah. Christ. I mean, all of this is incredible, monergistic, single-handed work of God. And he's not asking or, or, or commanding anyone to jump and hoot and holler and to express emotionally. He's calling us to turn to him. That's something that can be done in silence. Yeah. I mean, when we don't view it this way, we mess it all up. We take all the commands. We take all the commands. What do we have? We have Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 to 9. These are the commands to Christian slaves and masters. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart, as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters, do the same things to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. This is, this is the teaching of what a Christian ought to be striving for. Strive with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind to honor God as Lord, even in your workplace when your boss is a heathen. Even if he's your master and he treats you like garbage. But if you're the master, treat him with reverence and respect and hospitality because this servant or this subordinate of yours has a master in heaven. Ultimately, even if he's not a Christian, ultimately he has one who holds his soul in his hands, and that is the same God that you pray to. Just like it says in, in Colossians chapter 4, uh, verse 1, Masters, grant to your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master in heaven. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what do we expect that God is going to do, give us superpowers so now we can live this boisterous life? Isn't there scripture that says, you know, uh, live quietly? <laughs> like, how do you do that if you're walking around being a, being a show? Yeah. But that's not, the, that's not the walk of a Christian. Remember, they're not going to hate you if you can heal all their diseases. It says, Jesus says they're going to hate you. Why would they hate him? Because he spoke the truth. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to hate you if you can and you will heal everything. But we don't, we don't see that. We don't see the hyper-miraculous going on in any, any places. We see people at times praying in hospitals. I mean, I've seen your dad pray in hospitals faithfully. I've seen ministers from there. I've seen some brothers go and do that. I've done that. It's a wonderful experience. But I didn't always see healing. But at the same time, I've seen some sort of, some sort of effect going on in the hearts, encouragement in people's lives, some sort of rejuvenation of their faith when you pray for them and they just got in a car accident or they got in this and you go and you pray and then you give them the truth of God's word. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. But we're called to first and foremost submit to the word of God and the spirit of God so that we can behave and act like Christians, act like God-fearing, God-following, Jesus Christ-reflecting individuals in a world that does the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. We're going to be hated because we're going to stand on the truth of God's Word. And in doing so, when we do it, just like Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your fathers in heaven, who is in heaven. That is not saying that they might be amazed by you and tag along with you because you're this miracle worker. No, your good works, knowing that you are a Christian, knowing what you preach and what you live, they'll be able to say, that's a Christian. That's, that's a real example because I've seen so many false ones. Yeah, they yeah. might gain some curiosity about taking church or the word or Christ seriously because of your real example. They're not going to become enamored with you. Well, They're going to become enamored with your, who you're exemplifying. You take it verbatim there. It says, glorify your Father in heaven. Yeah. I mean, it's all for, for His glory. All for Him. Yeah. So... 
Ah, so the communicable attributes <laughs> are predominantly moral, and there's aspects to it that are uh, ability-wise, like knowledge, creativity, things like that. Mm-hmm. But but the things that we should be focusing on is the stuff that really does make us different from non-Christians. Um, the the moral character of Christ, which is imparted to us by the Holy Spirit when our heart is changed. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be aiming. Like God, if God is going to communicate anything new to us, because everyone's born with communicable attributes. Everyone's born with something that God has given them. Mm-hmm. Capabilities, creativities, knowledge, the ability to, to do these things, the, the will for justice, things like that. But we mishandle it because we're all sinners. Yeah. But the things that God gives anew to people is that which submits to his word, growing in Christian graces and characteristics, reflecting and resembling Christ more and more. And this is all through grace and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's what we should be aiming for above and beyond everything and anything else. And if someone's teaching us that we can be like God in an unhealthy and unbiblical way, we need to, we need to, re- we need to understand and recognize that so that we can stray from such teaching. Because yeah. Yeah. that's the stuff that's going to damage and shipwreck your faith when you realize it ain't happening. Or it's the stuff that's going to make you overly critical by yourself and bring you to depression because you don't think you're good enough. It's going to ruin someone in some way. And even at that, the reason why you know people get uh, you know in depression and stuff like that because at the end, you know, you you would even think at that. Well, maybe if somebody feels that way, maybe they're coming around and they understand who they are in God. But it's it's not. It's even you even get depressed in pride. Yeah, you know, it's it's all in pride because it's it's about you. It's about what people think about you, what you didn't do, what you did do, and that's not a child of God. The child of God is we are a reflector, if I can use that. We it's it's about it's about the Lord. It's about God. It's it's just about Him. Our lives are hidden in Christ. You know, I, I can go back to that scripture again. It's it's not I that lives, but it's Christ who living in me. You know, so it's those it's those basic um, principles that will help us to go forward and and make the differences of why the apostles were able to be used by God in that manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, why was why why were why was Peter able to uh, tell the man that was lame, uh, silver and gold? I don't have what I have. I give you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Walk up or, or uh, rise up and walk. You know, it's like it, it didn't come from him. I mean, I don't know if that's just clear enough. He doesn't have anything. And then he's just saying, get up. Those were the things that Jesus Christ gave them directly mm-hmm. as a sign, mm-hmm. not to be repeated again, not because he had, he controlled it or he, you know, like you said, you guys are saying, wield, wielding it, right? Yeah. Is that the correct word? Yeah. He, 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 it's not like he was, you know, at, at home and saying, okay, hmm, how am I going to say this? Okay, rise. Or, you know, it was like, <laughs> Or, or maybe when I say I don't have silver or gold, I can pull my pockets out, you know? You know, it's like, it's not... <laughs> how it's, can I pray and fast so when I say rise, it works? Yeah, like I, it's like... I've been there thinking I need to be able to perform healing. I think so we've all been there. Prayer, fasting. I mean, you yeah. can legalistically destroy yourself yeah. to try to be clean enough for God to use you. Mm-hmm. To the point where... Where it gets so far to the point where you, you even think, how deep do I make my voice? Yeah. So yeah. that it sounds powerful. Yeah. 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 Like if, if I make it deep enough and if I shout at this level, it, that's the whole, yeah. the Holy yeah. Spirit is just going to. Or if I have, if I have the, the music come on at that moment, right. you know, it, it, Keep it, the it, music. it, it gets on the piano at this time. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it, it sounds funny, but it sounds ridiculous at the same time. But this is truly what a lot of people are dealing with. That's so what's happening. It's what's happening. And they're dealing with this. And, you know, and that's why there's no power. 
Yeah. Not because of some type of mystic, mystical thing that happens, but there's no power because the Word of God is not being preached in its context. It's not being preached correctly. I mean, you can you can tell me Psalm one every service, and I, I can I can show you various churches that as soon as long, the moment that you begin to read Psalm one, there's somebody that starts clapping and dancing in it because they memorize the whole. What was the purpose of that? It wasn't to glorify God. It was for you to show off because you memorized the psalm. You know, and that's that's the thing that we go back to is. We, there's no understanding of God and what He communicates to us and doesn't. Yeah. All right. I think, <laughs> I, think I, I like the approach that we were able to handle this time because with the incommunicable attributes, we touched on certain mm-hmm. attributes. And I think that was important because being able to kind of distinguish some of the main things that we should know about God in His own independence, like what is different from us, yeah. it's very important. But for us to kind of mesh it and explain it in this way, I think it was really helpful. It was beneficial to me, so makes makes it pithy. Which I'm yeah. a pithy person. I like to kind of bring it down to earth. Yeah, I can understand the the high. What, what do you call it? like the high? Uh, the doctor like language. The, I, can, I can understand that big words. But I'm a person. <laughs> there we go. I, I there we go. He just, he just made I it. Cannot. He just made it pithy, right? He just made it pithy. I'm the same. I think that's. I think that this did definitely uh, help for us to understand it. Now, also, uh, maybe people are able to connect their experiences as well with yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah, because it's like you said, you know, a Christian walk is experiential. Like, we, we do experience a lot of things. Um, but again, it's like everything in its right context. Even us, like how we view God. We got to view God in the yeah. right context. We got to view ourselves in the right context. We got to view his attributes in the right context. Yeah. And then everything really does fall into place. If there's anything that I've been learning as we've done this study is uh, is exactly that. Everything else in my walk and, and the way I read, the way I pray, the way I go about serving God, it all falls in its right place because I'm studying it correctly. The word for what it is. This was good. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. We're going to go through the Trinity next time. So Yes. I'm very excited about that. Uh, all right. Well, this was the communicable attributes. And I guess we're, we're going to continue on and conclude uh, in the next few weeks the theology proper section with the Trinity episodes. And I think that's going to be three or four episodes. Uh, but between now and then. Thank you so much for joining us on the Milk and Meat Podcast. God bless you guys. Because I be worried about your soul. Why you still be yelling you got a soul? Like you need to see to believe these things. But you believe things that you've never seen. Like feelings and hope.